0: Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you this morning. And I'm so excited about what we're doing with children especially. But I want you to see a picture that a drone took this week of our church walls going up. Take a look here. Is that not? I know. Because the drone lets you see inside. When we've been driving by, it's exciting. But when I saw this, it honestly took my breath away. Doesn't it? That way to you? I know for Fitz and for me, we feel like we could just pinch ourselves, that we get to be in this moment in the history of this church. Do you feel that way? I just love that. And you know what else is amazing about what you're looking at? Is that the men and the women who are doing the construction work on this project and they come every day and they work so hard. Did you know that some of them even come on the weekends in order to keep the project schedule moving forward? Some of them are working sacrificially and they've gotten to know us and they love us. And so, as a result, just even in the smallest way, just a few Saturdays ago, we said, We just want to do something to express our gratitude, even a little bit. So, we bought them. Pizza and cold drinks and yummy cookies to surprise them, just as a token of our appreciation. And of course, we will do so much more. Count on it. Because we want them to know how much we appreciate them, don't we? Forward in Faith is the name of our building campaign. It's the name that we gave our campaign a few years ago. And as The church walls go up in this campaign, forward in faith. This morning is about Jericho walls coming down so that Joshua and the people of Israel could move forward in faith. Maybe you've heard it at some point in your life. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. Jericho, Jericho, Joshua fit the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Again louder. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, 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 Joshua fit the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Y'all are fun. I'm so glad we did that together. I had a feeling you might remember it, but there's just one small problem. Joshua didn't fight the battle of Jericho. Joshua didn't bring the walls down. God did. Joshua never lifted a spear. He never even dislodged a single stone on the wall. The walls around Jericho were actually two massive concentric circles rising up some 40 feet above the ground. They were impenetrable. And you know what? The people of Jericho seemed impenetrable also because they were feared and widely known for practicing child sacrifice and all kinds of debauchery in battle they were feared and unstoppable until that day when an unbeatable god showed up powerful and those walls did indeed come tumbling down god did that for joshua And the people of Israel and God will do that for you and me. Defeating what seems undefeatable in our lives. Could your Jericho be fear? Is your Jericho your anger or your short fuse? Maybe your Jericho is anxiety or your propensity to criticize or correct other people too quickly i know this your jericho can keep you awake at night it can rob you of a sense of peace in your soul and it can mess with your relationships it can do all of those things your jericho is any place In your life, where you are stuck in a mindset or an attitude or a habit that seems impenetrable. And I think the book of Joshua is in the Bible to help those of us when we feel stuck. What do you do when you feel stuck, spiritually stuck? with a Jericho that seems impenetrable. The book of Joshua can help us because in order for us, like the Israelites, to move forward in faith into the promised land, into all that God intends for us, Jericho walls have got to come down. And Joshua is going to show us how. It starts in the sixth chapter of the book of Joshua, and it's verse 2, and as we come to this verse, Joshua and the people of Israel have already gone through quite the ride because they faced the Jordan River, as Fitz talked about last week, and God did this miraculous parting of the waters again so that they could get through to the other side of the Jordan River, which was at flood stage, so it would have been impossible apart from God. So now they come rip-roaring into the promised land only to face Jericho. Great. And this is what God says to Joshua. The Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. I have given you Jericho, its king, and all of its strong warriors. See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Now, God didn't say, Joshua, go take that city. You got this. No, instead he said, I have given Jericho, its king, and all its warriors right into your hands. Now you go and receive it. That means that Joshua and the people of Israel weren't fighting for victory. They fought from victory. And so Joshua went and told the soldiers, okay, it's time for battle. And I'm sure they started grabbing their swords and their spears to just get ready. And Joshua probably went, well, God has a different strategy. And then Joshua began to outline the most unlikely of battle plans. And we find that As we pick up the story in verse 6. With soldiers standing by listening carefully, right? So Joshua called together the priests. What? And said, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. I'm sure the soldiers were thinking, surely there's more. He asked the priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant. Remember, this is the very dwelling place of God, the presence of God for the people of Israel. The Ark of the Covenant is what held the Ten Commandments. But he does look at the soldiers as the story unfolds. He goes on to tell them their job now got the priests, they've got the Ark of the Covenant, they've got their ram's horns, and what I want you to do now, soldiers, is I want some of you to march in front of the priests, some of you to march behind the priests, and oh, by the way, everybody, you and your entourage, I want you to march around the entire perimeter of Jericho once a day for seven days, and on the seventh day, we're going to do it seven times. And the soldiers are like, That's the plan, really. In addition to that, he has more instructions for the priests. I want you to continuously blow the ram's horn the whole time, nonstop. Now watch what Joshua tells the people to do. We find that in verse 10. He says, do not shout, do not even talk. Joshua commanded, not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. That is telling almost two million people to zip it. Do you think it's even possible? The only sound that is acceptable to Joshua is the sound of the blasting of the ram's horn. That's it. Not a sound from any of you until I tell you to shout. Now imagine the people of Jericho watching all this take place. I'm guessing that some of them were looking down from that 40-foot wall, looking down at the people of Israel and making fun of them. Day one. Day two. Probably just laughing at them still. This is ridiculous. Day three, day four, as the Israelites march around now for the third and fourth times, I think the people of Jericho are growing very quiet. Day five, marching. Day six, more marching. What are the Israelites up to? Day seven, when it becomes really bizarre and they march seven times around the perimeter of the city, People of Jericho have never fought a battle like this. No war cries. No hand-to-hand combat. No spears, no catapults. Why? What kind of warfare is this? This is spiritual warfare. Every Jericho in your life and mine is at its root a spiritual war because the evil one would love to keep you and me stuck in the face of our Jericho. And for Jericho walls to come down, we have to learn how to engage in spiritual warfare like Joshua did. We have to demolish Every Jericho, said the Apostle Paul, only he calls our Jerichos strongholds. And we see him talk about this for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Where the Apostle Paul says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Just as Joshua had to break down this Jericho, this stronghold with God's help in order to move forward in faith. You and I have strongholds that must come down in order for us to move forward in faith. And our strongholds, though, are not made of stone or brick. Our strongholds are any thought, opinion, or mindset or habit that goes against the knowledge and truth of God. God could never forgive me. That's a lie. It's a stronghold of guilt. And any person that is saying God could never forgive me is living with a stronghold of guilt. Living in the shadow of a Jericho. Well, I could never forgive that person, not on your life. That's a stronghold of resentment. We know it's a stronghold because it's a lie. It may be difficult for you to forgive that person. But with God's help, you can. But if you think you can't, it's a stronghold that will keep you from growing in your faith bad things always happen to me, that's a stronghold. It's a lie. Bad things don't always happen to you. But if the lens from which you look at your life is bad things always happen to me, that's your Jericho. And it's a stronghold that will keep you from moving forward in your faith. My value lies in my possessions. I'll feel better. If I just get a little bit more, that's a stronghold of materialism. I'll never recover. That's a stronghold of defeat. Over the course of my life, I've struggled with the stronghold of perfectionism. It's a dark hole, and it has no end especially when I'm tempted to attach my worth to how I pastor or whether I handle a situation well or not. And I beat myself up over it when I think that you don't think I did. I don't lay this on other people, but I am my own tyrant. It's a stronghold. It's a lie. And God has been talking with me about it in the last few months. We've been having conversations about it. And as a result, he led me to pick three friends that I trust with my life. And I asked them to boldly speak grace and truth into my life. In order to bring down our strongholds, You and I have to get real brave and courageous and go to God and say, God, Lord, what strongholds do you see in my life? And then we take a posture of listening to friends we trust who also know Jesus. And we we listen to God in Scripture. He's going to tell us. He will. If you are not someone that follows Jesus, but you're curious, I guarantee you, you have a stronghold. It's part of the human condition. Wouldn't this be an amazing way to see how relevant God can be in your life? That He can actually bring some things to your life that. Our day-to-day boots on the ground matter to you? Isn't it worth checking him out and just saying, okay, God, if you're there, I know I have these strongholds that Kathy is talking about. Do you see anything in my life? Which one? Can you help me? Watch what he will do. You want to know. That's why you want to ask him. You really do. You really do. And Joshua is going to show us how these walls can begin to crumble. The very first thing we want to do is keep God in the center. Notice that Joshua made sure that the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God stayed in the middle of the procession as they marched day in and day out. You do the same when you keep God in the center of every part of your life, when you keep him in the center of your marriage, in the center of your financial decisions, when you keep God in the center of your family life, your work life, your dating life, every part of your life. And when you keep him in the center of, of your life, you're saying, I know, God, that I cannot manage my strongholds on my own, on my own effort, on my own steam. Because God does not say, Aaron Annis, go fix that bad habit, sister. Break that habit. You go. He doesn't. What does he say to Aaron? He says, Aaron, I've already broken the power of that habit in your life. Now go and receive the blessing of the victory of it because it all started right here on the cross. This is where our enemy was defeated. And this is why you and I then don't have to fight for victory. We can fight from victory. And so we march on in faith, keeping God in the center. But you know what else we do? We blow the ram's horn. That's what we do. We blow the ram's horn. The children of Israel had two horns, a silver trumpet to call the army to battle, and the ram's horn to declare the battle already won. Notice that the priests in this story were blowing the ram's horns. They were declaring that the battle is already won, which also confused the people of Jericho. They did not fight for victory. They fought from victory. Now, our ram's horns are scripture, songs of praise, Meaning songs of worship and words of encouragement. When we fill our minds with the stories of Jesus, when we fill our minds looking at his story about the resurrection. And the power of that, and we begin to realize that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in our lives, when we fill our minds with the story about him calming the storm or multiplying the bread, or we listen to all his promises to us, we are letting ram's horn declarations of hope and victory fill our lives. Every time we read scripture or say it out loud and claim it as our own or sing worship songs in our car or put verses of scripture on our mirrors and do everything we can to fill our lives with God's truth, the ground begins to shake. And we cannot overestimate what happens. And the power of what is taking place in you. When you come in here to worship on Sunday mornings. And together we stand and with one voice we blast the ram's horn of faith when we sing. Whenever you use scripture, words of encouragement. Sing songs in worship. We are proclaiming powerful proclamations of Jesus Christ. These are ram's horn declarations. When you go home today, I want you to begin to fight this battle using spiritual warfare. We can all do it. So, what I want you to do today is go home after worship and get your ram's horn, okay? I want you to get your ram's horn by picking a verse of Scripture that you're going to read, and every time you read it, read it out loud and claim it. Put it on a Post-it note and put it somewhere where you will see it, and every time you see it, whether it's on your mirror, in your car, or in your kitchen, say it out loud. Or pick the ram's horn of a worship song and decide maybe that you'll listen to that worship song every day for the next 30 days. And I want you to not just listen to it. I want you to sing it loud and proud. And if you don't know the lyrics, you can look them up and start learning them. And let these words, which typically are based on scripture, sink into your soul That's how you declare your ram's horn faith and hope in a God who can demolish these strongholds in your life. So day by day, scripture by scripture, prayer by prayer, song by song, we march forward in faith. Day by day. Scripture by scripture, prayer by prayer, song by song, we march forward in faith. And sometimes we will experience a great victory. But most of the time, it's this step-by-step daily decision that today I'm going to give God my Jericho and then watch as Jericho walls start to crumble. How did it happen for the people of Israel? Well, let's look. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the city as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And when the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites took the city. The ram's horn blasted the victory. You cannot tear down your Jerichos, your strongholds. But God can, and oh, he will. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, day one, here we are standing with you, and you're asking us to march in faith. You're even asking us to blow the ram's horn of scripture and worship music, So that we can hold on to the truth that we are not doing this alone. Jesus, we cannot thank you enough for the ways in which you come alongside us and you lead the way so that we are not fighting, working to make this happen. But Lord, we are fighting from victory, not for victory. Oh, God, in our heart of hearts, we know that we bear strongholds in our lives, strongholds that seem undefeatable, but, Lord Jesus, we now know, without a shadow of a doubt, that we don't want to live into the shadow of a Jericho. Oh, no, God, we want to watch the walls come crumbling down. Jesus, would you just... Open our hearts and open our minds, Lord, so that we can begin to recognize any stronghold that you bring into our lives, that you make apparent and real for us. Would you give us the courage and the bravery to be honest about all of that? Oh, Lord Jesus, we trust you. We trust you. We can't wait to see